to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. As high priest, your opinion is highly regarded. Tell me, what do you think of the idea of bringing the Ark of God to Jerusalem? Israel is ruled from Jerusalem. Certainly it would be most fitting that the Ark, the symbol of God's presence among Israel, also be located here. Then it shall be done. The occasion will be a scene of great rejoicing, an imposing display. You as high priest shall see to it that a good representation of priests from each tribe attend the moving of the Ark. Yes, Your Majesty. And scribe. You will send messengers throughout all the tribes of Israel, calling the princes and leading men to assemble at Kirjath Jerem for the moving ceremonies. Your Majesty appears very happy and glow with holy zeal. I am, Your Grace. Long have I cherished the hope that the Ark would be in the capital city. My dream is about to become a reality, and I am filled with great joy and zeal. Is all in readiness for the moving of the Ark? Your instructions have been fulfilled to the letter, Your Majesty. And the Ark has been placed upon a cart? Yes, Your Majesty. A new cart, drawn by oxen. Who is in attendance? Two of the sons of Abinadab, sir. The musicians?
traditions, they have practiced and are prepared to play the ceremonial march. Uh, and the line of march? According to your instructions, sir, first comes the ark. I and my fellow priests follow. The musicians come immediately behind us, followed by the princes and men of Israel. Uh, let us take our places, then, and begin the ceremonies. Slowly, the great procession begins to move. Glory be to the God of Israel! Glory be to the God of Israel! Reverence to his holy name! Reverence to his holy name! With solemn gladness, the vast procession wound its way along the hills and valleys towards the holy city, Jerusalem. Long had it been since the land of Canaan had witnessed such a glorious and victorious scene. And the procession passed Nacon's threshing floor. Suddenly... What happened? Uh, Your Majesty, it appears that Uzzah, one of the attendants of the Ark, has been struck dead. But why? I don't know, Your Majesty. The stroke of death must have come from heaven. No doubt about that. But why would God permit such a thing? Your Majesty, this is Ahio, son of Abinadab. He, with his brother Uzzah, was attending the Ark. Uh, what happened, Ahio? Uzzah is dead, struck down from heaven. Yes, but why? Why? What did he do? Nothing, Your Majesty, except steady the ark when the oxen stumbled and the ark was about to fall off the cart. Instantly, Azu was struck and died. Thank you, Ahio. You may go. The people have grown restless, fearful. What are we to do, Your Majesty? Oh, I wish I knew. Shall we continue to Jerusalem? Well, I hardly think so, Your Grace. For some reason, we've displeased God. Let the ark remain here, if a place can be found for it, until we've discovered what we done wrong. Then perhaps shall the Ark be taken on to Jerusalem. Well, uh, I shall be glad to have the Ark placed in my home, Your Majesty. Uh, I am Obadidim, a Gittite, Your Majesty. I... Do, do as he suggests. Place the Ark in his care. Yes, Your Majesty. And dismiss the multitude. Tell them to go home. The ceremonies are ended. As His Majesty wishes. When you're back in Jerusalem and have had time to meditate and study Come to my private chambers. I I wish to talk to you about this. Why is God angry? You may be seated, Your Grace. Thank you, Your Majesty. I've been thinking about what happened to Uzzah and studying on the matter. So have I, Your Majesty. What did you discover? We handled the movement of the Ark entirely wrong, Your Majesty. What? Not at all in keeping with the specific instructions given to Moses by God himself. You mean that Uzzah touched the Ark? It is to be touched only by the descendants of Aaron. Uzzah was a descendant of Merari. But further, Your Majesty, the Ark is to be moved on the shoulders of Kohathites, and we were transporting it on a cart. But striking Uzzah dead, do we worship an unfair god? Is he so strict 
that one mistake brings sudden death? The wage of disobedience is death, Your Majesty. But why, why? The striking down of Uzzah brought sorrow and sadness to all Israel. It turned the happy throng into one of grief and mourning. The sudden terror turned their gladness into fear. But it may be that a great blessing to all Israel will result. The death of Uzzah turned into a blessing? Yes, Your Majesty. If we are made to realize that the commandments of God are made to be kept, we should have reviewed carefully God's instructions regarding the ark before we prepared to move it. God's commandments are not grievous. They are right and necessary to life and happiness and salvation. Perhaps it may seem to some that the judgments of God are unjust and born of a harsh, unyielding God. Such a feeling have I had in my heart. Banish such thoughts, Your Majesty. For by one sin, Adam gave dominion of the earth to Satan and plunged the world into sin, wickedness, sorrow, death. The only salvation comes with obedience to God's will. The sudden death of Uzzah, because of his presumptuous sin of touching the ark, emphasizes the importance of keeping the simplest of God's commands. I, I see that now, Your Grace. God is just and merciful and full of compassion. Perhaps His Majesty will now give the command once again to assemble the priests and men of Israel to bring the Ark of God to Jerusalem? Ah, the Ark now, in the home of that Gittite. How does it fare? And the Gittite, how does he fare? He and his family have been greatly blessed, Your Majesty. Oh, then shall I be blessed, and all Israel, when the Ark rests in the capital city of God's chosen people. Order assembling of the priests, the princes and chief rulers of all Israel. We will bring the Ark into Jerusalem. Again, the chief men of the nation were summoned and assembled about the dwelling place of the Gittite. With reverent care, the Ark was placed upon the shoulders of men of divine appointment. The multitude fell into line, and with trembling hearts, the vast procession set forth. Again, the long train was in motion, and the music of harp and cornet, trumpet and cymbal floated heavenward, blended with the melody of many voices. As the triumphal procession approached Jerusalem, the watchers on the wall and the marchers burst into joyful psalms. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234.
That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. like you're heading for that drugstore across the street. Yes, that's what I do every day after school. You should know that. But you always buy a candy bar there. That's right. Why? Because I like candy bars, especially the ones with nuts. But those aren't good for you. They have lots of calories and nothing to keep you from getting sick. Want one? Sam, I'm trying to make a point here. By going to that drugstore every day after school, you have formed an unhealthy habit. Hmm, I do want to be healthy. Well, going there isn't going to help you very much, is it? What should I do? Make a new habit. Like what? Well, do you see Mr. Habib's fruit market over there by the bank? Mr. Habib is a great guy. He can whistle two notes at the same time. How about after school you go there instead of the drugstore? Mr. Habib doesn't sell candy bars. But he does sell apples, pears, and mangoes. They're sweet, delicious, and filled with things that will make you healthy. That way you can still buy an after-school snack. But your new habit won't rot your teeth and make you as fat as my Uncle Sidney. What if I get hungry for a candy bar? Then you eat an apple instead. Pretty soon, your brain will think, I'm hungry, I want an apple. Okay, let's go see Mr. Habib. He's from Lebanon, you know. Do you think all people from Lebanon can whistle two notes at the same time? We can ask him. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is Chapter 6, Nightmare. Boom! 
Chris awoke from a sound sleep. He sat up in his bed and heard a loud noise outside. Boom, boom, he heard it again. A sound like hissing rockets came next. Frightened yet curious, Chris threw back his covers and ran for his bedroom door. Mom, Dad, Maria, he called out into the hallway, but no one answered. He ran into the hallway and ran down the stairs. Mom, Dad! Apparently, no one was home. He heard another noise outside. This time, it was the sound of voices, hundreds of them. Still in his pajamas, Chris threw open the front door and looked outside. The front yard, the street, and the neighborhood as far as he could see were filled with people. Most were still in their pajamas like Chris. He recognized many of his neighbors. Then he saw Maria. Maria, Chris called. Maria, what's going on? Maria stared up into the sky. Chris's voice made her look at him. Chris had never seen her look so beautiful. Oh, Chris, he's here. He's finally here. Chris walked toward her through the crowd. Who's here, Maria? Why, Jesus, of course, she said. Maria turned back toward the sky. Chris looked up to where Maria was looking. A blast like a hundred Fourth of July celebrations almost blinded Chris, and he looked away. Come on, he heard Maria saying. It's time to go. Go, Chris asked. Go where? Chris ran to catch up with Maria, but Mrs. Schumacher, their neighbor, ran between them. Why didn't you tell me, she asked, pushing herself in front of him. Why didn't you warn me that this was coming? What are you talking about, Chris asked, trying to get past Mrs. Schumacher. Maria, don't leave me. He slipped past Mrs. Schumacher in time to see Maria, still in her pajamas, lift off the ground and fly into the air. Maria, you're flying, Chris said. Chris, come on, Maria said. Chris? He saw Mom and Dad and his little sister Yo-Yo suddenly rise into the air along with Maria. Chris, come on! Chris looked off above the crowd and saw several others lift off the ground. He saw Jenny, Sammy, and Didi among them. Then he looked down the street and he saw Willie running toward him. Willie, you can walk, you can run, Chris said, forgetting everything around him. Isn't it great, Willie said, jumping up and down for joy. Come on, you'll miss the party. Chris ran up to Willie, but just before he reached him, Willie lifted into the air like the others. Come on, Slowpoke, Willie called down to him. Let's go. Willie, wait for me, Chris said. Maria, Mom, Dad. Suddenly, Chris noticed that it was getting darker around him. The sky was not as bright as if car headlights had passed and left the night's darkness to surround him once again. Chris began to sob. "'What's the matter, wimp?' Chris turned to see Ryan standing beside him. "'They're all losers anyway. You're still here with the tough guys, the cool guys. Come on, let's have our own party.' Ryan headed for the dark shadows between the houses. Chris could see yellow eyes glowing in the darkness. "'Come on, snail!' Ryan laughed over his shoulder. "'This is where you belong.' Chris looked at Ryan, then shook his head. "'No,' he said, bursting into tears again. "'I belong up there!' Chris ran out into the now-empty street. "'Mom!' Dad, Maria, help me. Take me with you. It's all right, Chris, he heard his mother say. You're just having a bad dream, that's all. Chris once again was in his own bed, surrounded by the familiar things of his room. His mother sat on the edge of his bed and held him in her arms. It's just a bad dream, Mrs. Vargas repeated. Mom, Chris sniffed when he could get the words out between tears. Mom, I want to be baptized. You do? she asked a bit surprised. Why? Chris told her about the nightmare, and I realized that I was the only one of the shoebox kids who hadn't decided to be baptized. Mom, I don't want to be left behind. Mrs. Vargas put her hand beneath Chris's chin and lifted his face up close to hers. Chris, I want you to understand something, she said. Okay, are you listening? Baptism is only a symbol. It will not save you. Getting baptized will not get you to heaven. 
People choose to be baptized for a lot of reasons, but mostly it means that they have surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. Whatever they do, whatever they become, they dedicate that to Jesus. When we become Christians, it means that we accept the sacrifice, Jesus' death, as payment for our sins. When we make that decision to accept his sacrifice and to turn our lives over to him, that is when Jesus can save us. Until you understand that, baptism won't mean anything, Mrs. Vargas said. That's what Mrs. Shue meant, Chris said. Mrs. Vargas put her face close to Chris's again. Chris, are you getting pressure from the kids about baptism? Chris looked down and nodded. Most of my friends think it's great, but Ryan says that it's for losers. Well, what do you think? Chris didn't say anything. No one should feel pressured to be baptized, Mrs. Vargas said. You need to take your time and decide when you are good and ready. Remember, she said, pointing a finger at him, it's only a symbol of what's going on inside. There's nothing magic about it. Mrs. Vargas kissed Chris on the cheek. Do you feel better now? Chris nodded. Feel like you can go back to sleep? He nodded again. Good night. Remember, I love you and God loves you. The door closed and Chris snuggled down in his blankets. He didn't feel quite so confused as he did. He drifted off to sleep, dreaming of fluffy white clouds over a field of mustard yellow flowers. you have heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book One, The Mysterious Treasure Map. It was written by Jerry D. Thomas and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.